If you ask for headline in one word, miracles. How could 500 missiles can fall down in all Israel area, all over this Holy Land, and no one even wounded? Just a miracle. There is no any other definition for that situation. Even now, a few minutes before we start this radio show, we heard here in the studio a huge bomb falling around Holon skies, Batyam city skies, and we ask, how could be this um, existence when you see so many peoples around and more than 500 missiles getting down and nobody get hurt? It's only a miracle. Just in the last night, I was driving in my car from Netanya, from Netanya city to Nebrak with my children in a car. And suddenly we heard alarm around us. And there's no any place to hide in. And nothing's happened. In one word, it's a miracle. But as you know, Olam Kiminagono head, it means that people trying to go on, do not notice this situation, just trying to make the day day, the usual days. And I think that you have to be blind for not seeing how Hashem is talking with us by the cases that happened to us in the recent days. And I thought to myself that it can happen even in the middle of this radio show. And if it will, we make uh, breaking news for you. So don't turn off the radio. They'll go anywhere. If there are um, breaking news, uh, it will be on my voice. So don't worry about it. You you will stay updated. Well, the listeners, our radio show actually dealing with Chinuch Yeladim, raising children. And even this week, um, despite all the missiles attack in Israel, um, I got a lot of phone calls from parents. I have questions, challenges with their child. And that's why we're here. And that's why we came here. And I think that if someone takes the subject of raising children as um, as an issue that actually it's a part of Avodat Hashem, of his personal Avodat Hashem, so he knows that even if you're trying to be better to your child, you also Avodat Hashem and you can bring the Geulah by your good deeds, even when we're talking about 
raising children. Well, the listener, before we start, we remind you that you can send us your text messages via 347-927-8398. If you go, if you want to call in, our phone number for you is 718-683-5858. If you want to listen in live through the hotline, our phone number for is 718, no, 712-432-4217. Well, this is a live broadcast. Today is 9th of July, Wednesday, and this is a live radio show. Well, the listeners, um, once I had a meeting with some parents, and they told me they believe that their child's bad behavior is caused by the name they gave him. They called him, when he born, Nimrod. Nimrod is a name that actually, in Hebrew, um, it's, it's meaning... Um, it's meaning of someone who doesn't want to follow the rules and someone who wants actually always to rebel, to rebel. And they asked me if the fact that they called him Nimrod has something to do with the fact that his behavior very, very uh, negative. And as much as I know, I see a lot of parents that actually bothering, bothered by this point. And I would like to speak. It's unusual for me to speak about that, but I think that it's an issue that's getting wider and wider, and we have to attend it. Well, the issue of the name of the person, what we call in Hebrew Shem HaAdam, the name of the human, um, it is actually influenced the child behavior or not, which name we have to pick for him and which name we have to live. I would like to learn with you uh, this issue today. Well, Chazal told us that the Lashon HaKodesh, the holy tongue, the holy language, which call Hebrew, um, it's unlike all the other languages. Because in the other languages, for example, English, when you decided to call the table a table and a chair a chair, this is just because of your decision. In the same way, we could choose the opposite, to call a chair a table and table a chair, and it doesn't matter. But in Hebrew, it doesn't go in like this. In Hebrew, there is a deep meaning inside the word, inside the letters of the word, that actually represent the inner content of the word. Of the word. Now, when you say a name, in Hebrew it's Shem, 
Shem, it means name. Shem, in Hebrew, it's also Sham. There. Where is your goal? What is your target? Which way you want to go in your life? That means Shem. Shem, it means Sham. Over there, in the end of the line, in the end of the path, where do you want to be? What is your purpose? What is your goal in your life? Which point do you want to be in the end of your life? And the name actually represents the direction of your life. So, for example, if someone called Yaakov, Jacob, it means that Hashem will give him the abilities to be, in Hebrew we say, ikvi, to be consistent. Consistency can be exist on this name more than all the others. It doesn't say that if someone called Yitzhak, he cannot be consistent. He also can be. But if you call your child Yaakov, Jacob, it means ikviyut, consistent in Hebrew. Or if someone called Yitzhak, it means that he have the skills, the abilities to be happy in his life. Because Yitzhak, it's like chok, it's like, it's like laughing, smiling. The name of a person has an influence on his life. But it's not whole picture. I would like to give you the source, the, the Torah source of this issue, so we can go on with it. Um, the issue of the name of the person in the Torah is by Moshe Rabbeinu. You know that Moshe Rabbeinu was very young, three months old, that's it. And Miriam put it put him in a box, in a little teva, to cruise in the Yeol, in the river of Mitzrayim, of Egypt. And then Miriam was standing behind the trees outside, just um, look after Moshe Rabbeinu, and to make sure that everything is okay with him. And suddenly, Batia of Paro, getting to wash herself in the river, and then she recognized the little bags of Moshe Rabenu. And then she lifted out, she opened out, and she saw a little baby with a light rays surrounding him. And she actually recognized this is something special. This is a special baby. It's not a usual baby. And then she lifted him out of the river and took him to adopt him, to be, to be her son. And she rescued him from the water. And then... She says, the Pasuk says, He was so beautiful. And then she says, 
משה. כי מן המים משתיהו. She said, I would like to call him משה. Why? On the name of the way I rescued him. I found him in the river, and I rescued him. Rescue in Hebrew, it's limshot. To get someone out, to lift someone out. So, for the way she found him, she decided to call him Moshe. Because I rescued him from the water. And we all know that the parents of Moshe Rabbeinu, Amram and Yochavet, also gave him a lot of names. He had ten names. And Hashem picked up the name of Moshe. He precisely decided to call Moshe by Batya decision. And we ask why? Why Hashem decided to call him Moshe? Because, honestly, this is a very, very stupid reason. Just because of the way of how I found him, that's a reason to call a name. So I have no question about Batya. She doesn't know Torah. She doesn't know anything. But I question Hashem. Why Hashem decided to call him Moshe and not one of the other names of Moshe, choosing by Aharon and Yochavah, they were greatest tzaddikim of this generation. So why? That's the question. Let's, let's take, for, for example, a woman pregnancy. She needs to go to the hospital. Emergency. And they order an ambulance. And the baby born in, an ambu- in, in, in the ambulance. And she asked, what kind, which firm this um, ambulance? And they say, oh, it's Ford, Ford car. So she decided to call her son Ford, just because he born in a car of Ford company. Isn't not a stupid reason? Shem, a name... It means Sham, the goal of this little baby. What is the goal? Where you want to see him 70 years away? So we have to pick some name with the deep contain. And that's the reason you call him Ford, just because he's born in a card of Ford company? It doesn't make sense. So why Hashem? called Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe just because of the way she rescued him from the river it's not make sense for explaining this issue we have to learn one more issue you know every uh, object in the world Actually, um, actually, um, um, actually made by two things, two elements. 
The first one is the material. And the second one is the form of it. I mean, let's take, for example, a table. A table made of two um, elements. The first one is the material. The material is wood. It's made of wood. But the shape of it, the form of it, is a table. The same way I could took this wood material and make a library. Maybe I could make a door. Maybe I could make something else. I can do everything with wood. Or, let's take, for example, um, a chair. chair made of plastic. The material is plastic. The shape of it is a chair. The same way I could take this plastic and make a shelf, a plastic shelf, another form of it. So every object in the world actually combined by those two elements, material and shape, form. That's it. Now, um, what is the most important thing by the, the object? The material or the shape of it? We all know that the form of, a, of an object is more important. And why? Because if you take an iron and uh, plastic and more kinds of materials, and you have all materials, but you get nothing because you didn't build any form. So you got only materials. But when you try to make the form of it, you can make a car. Car can drive. So the material of the car is an iron and glasses and plastics and everything. But the form we choose to make is a car. Car can give us uh, benefits. We can do something with it. So the form is most important. Now, it was all just mashal, just an example. In the real life, what is the material of the life? The material of the life is the hours, the time, the lifetime that Hashem gave us. Hashem gave us 70 years, maybe 80 years, maybe 100 years, and we hope we all alive 120 years. That's the material of the life. The sun upside and the ground under our feet and all this creation, this is just a material. But what is the form of this life? What is the form of this world? The form is how you use it. You can take your time, you can take your life and use it for bad deeds. And you can take the same time. You can take 
the same lifetime and do something good for you and for your society. The question, how am I using my time? The way I'm using my time, this is the form, this is the shape I'm giving, I'm giving to my life. So, we all know that Rambam says that there are four bases, that all the world made of them. The first one is ish, it's the fire. Fire is one of the basic roots of the, all the creation. The second is water, mine. The third is Ruach, the spirit, or wind. And the fourth is, the last one is, Afar. It's the sand outside. You can find it anywhere. We're talking about the soil. Now, each one of these vases actually symbolizes a hidden contain behind it. The fire symbolized the desire, the inspiration, desire of people to do something with their life. It also symbolized the anger. Someone is getting angry. We say, look at him. He's born. Yeah, you're right. He's burning. Because it depends in the um, base of the fire. Ruach, the spirit. The spirit is the power to make the choice in this life, to be Baal Bechira. The ability is to make the choice by our spirit. Each one of us is free to choose his way in his life. You can be a great tzaddik and you can be a great evil. You can do what you want with your life. And the soil, hafar, the soil is the base of laziness. We have no power to do something with ourselves. Someone is getting lazy. We're always looking for rest. We don't want to be active. Why? Because we're tired. I have no power to do anything right now. This is because of the base of the soil. Now what about the water? What water is symbolizing our lives? Water actually symbolizing the ta'avot. In Hebrew we call it ta'avot. Ta'avot it means the material wishes that I want in my life, the loosed. I want something in my life, material. We want a fancy car, and we want a fancy house, and we want a fancy clothes. We want. And that's actually a kind of circle that actually springing all the world over. People looking for money, 
for they can purchase pleasing things, material things. The ta'avot, the materialistic wishes, is actually just because of the base of water, mind. Now, we have to action how to take our life and how to behave our life. And it has something to do with raising children, so I want you to pay attention for this point. We have two options, how we want to manage our life. We can manage it by spiritual, spiritual inspiring, spiritual desires to develop our spiritual part of the life, and we can drone down with the materialistic wishes, materialistic wills, to be drowned in homely use, in materialistic. Now, the point is, if you want to be a real Oved Hashem, someone who serves Hashem, you have to choose the right way. You have to choose the way of spirit. You have to looking for spiritual experiences. That's the shape, that's the form you have to give to your life. So that's why Batya called Moshe Rabenu Moshe. Kimin Hamaim Meshitiu. Hazar says that Moshe half of his body and down was a human being. Mechetziyo v'amata haya adam. Umechetziyo v'amala malach. From his half a body and up, he was just like an angel. Moshe Rabbeinu was the symbolized of the most form of the life with materialist Less. That's why she called him Moshe. Kimin Hamai Meshitiu. I see on his ba- baby's face. I can see that he is going to be someone which so developed his spiritual part of his life. He will developing his spiritual power. So he's going to be almost just a form without material. He's going to lose his material. Forty days he was in heaven. I didn't eat. I didn't eat bread and I didn't drink water. Who can do that? Forty days? Yes. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was almost just a form, just a shape. The real shape of the human being almost without the materialistic um, part. That's Moshe Rabbeinu's goal, to be there, to be like an angel. Why we call Adam? We called Adam because because we want to be similar to Hashem. We want to be just like Him. As much as He is spiritual, without body, we also desire and inspiring to be like him. Well, dear listeners, we ask, do the name that we pick for our child 
getting influence of his life? The answer is yes and no. I mean, yes, when you choose a great um, quality name to your child, from heaven they give him more skills um, that actually attain to this name. As we say, the Yaakov for consistency, for consistence, and it's Yitzchak for laughing, to be happy, and everything else. But we have to know that it's not standing in contrast to the Bechira, the ability to make choice. Each one of us can make his choice. I know a lot of Moshe and Yosef and Yitzchak, a lot of people, they're not so good. And I know a lot of people with bad names, if we can, if we can call it bad, bad names, but actually, their behavior is excellent. So the power to make um, a choice is not have, have been taken from someone who, who has a bad name. But also, if you call your child a good name, name from Chachamim, name from the Torah, from Chazal, he will have more powers to manage his life as well. Um, well, the listeners, till this point, we can extend um, this issue of um, the name of a person. Now, Bezat um, Hashem, in the rest of this radio show, we have more subjects to speak on. So you can call in. Our phone number is 718-683-5858. And... Um, you can also send us your questions. Um, our phone number for text messages is 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. If you don't have a radio or your friends don't have a radio or don't have a chance to listen to the radio, you can listen in live. Our hotline is 712-432-42. One seven. We're going to a small musical break, and right after that, we'll be in the next topic of this radio show, the Fakisha. Say, Ah, 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 
הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. children 
Well, the answer is definitely no. We cannot do that. So how we should manage our life? Because the life is full with challenges, time, with hard times. Sometimes it's going with uh, panic attacks or anxieties. How we can avoid our children from um, being influenced by by our negative feelings. Well, we have to know that the personal model of us, our children actually always following us. They're always testing any movement of us. Even if we're not aware of that, we have to know this is the fact. Sometimes, and most of times, um, the children themselves, not aware of this fact, that they're testing our response, our feelings, our behavior. But they're always testing us. They always check how we behave in some situation. And I know it's very easy to say, please control your emotions, control your feelings, stay cool. Well, it's good for the, when you're standing behind the microphone. But we all know it doesn't work. Um, and it's very, very hard to implement in the real life. So how we can deal with that? Well, I think that there is no any other option from to escape this situation beside the option of learning of Midat HaBitachon, to learn how to trust Hashem. And I warmly recommend you to read um, an article in a book which is called Mikhtav Me'eliyahu. We all know there was one of the greatest rabbis in London in his final, in his last years, he was living in Israel also. It was Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler. And Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler, in his book, Mikhtav Me'eliyahu, Part A, Volume A, you can find a few articles that dealing with the Midat HaBitachon, Emunah HaBitachon, faith, belief in Hashem, and trust Hashem. How to purchase this um, finest Midah of the Jewish. Well, first of all, we have to know that we are not managing the world. Hashem, He is the manager of our world. And sometimes it seems that the natural reasons, the natural um, circumstances, actually, they are managing the world. And all Chazal is getting, you know, fight with these attitudes. Do not believe circumstances' abilities. Do not believe it. We think that why Hamas shooting us? Because they get nervous that someone murder one of their teens. And it's not truth. We're always looking for reasons. 
why the war happened, why it attacked us, what, was, uh, what were our mistakes, what their mistakes. And we're always looking for, um, to make sense in all this news just to know why it happened. And maybe we can learn how to avoid some situation for the next time. Chazal tells us, no, don't believe it. Don't believe there is any abilities in the circumstances. No, not at all. It's every second. This is the reason of Hashem. This is Hashem's will. And Rabbi Dessel says, if you take a spoon in your right hand, and you look at it, and you're staring that spoon for few minutes, for five minutes, and there is no any change at this spoon, and you believe that this, this spoon that you see right now, actually this is the same spoon that was here five minutes ago. And he says, no, you have to know that Hashem creating the world every single thing, every single second from advance. Well, we have um, a news break right now, breaking news. So we're going to uh, breaking news, and we should be right back. We asked from Iran Jacob, um, um, well, he says... He says the breaking news. It's two minutes away, two minutes away, so we have uh, two minutes. Well, Rabbi Desla says that when you're looking at something and you think that its existence actually is going for five minutes, ten minutes, no. He says that every second, single second, Hashem creating this spoon again and again. And just because of this past, we cannot recognize the differences. But it is a totally new creation. He compares that to a movie. You know, ten years ago, there was a video cassette. Video cassettes actually based on a strip, one long strip with many, many, many pictures. And each single second, the pictures just change, change. And when you see a table for two minutes in the movie, it's not the same picture. It's maybe 100 pictures. They're always running, and it just seems to be the same table. All the reality is the same thing. It's a hundred, a hundred of pictures that actually exchange all the time, very fast, and every single picture, this is a new creation of Hashem's will. It means that if your um, if your table right now in your house it still exists, you have to know that Hashem renew it Every single, single second. Now we have a breaking news. Vakasha. Mama Tzavenu, Karega, Mipchinata Asbara, Baolam, Echanachnu Nirim. 
הייתי אומרת שמצבנו כרגע אפשר להגדיר אותו כאדישות חיובית. כלומר? כלומר, בסך הכל זה לא במוקד ההתעניינות, יש עוד דברים בעולם, עדיין לא נכנסנו לשב האובססיה שבו מכסים כל דבר שקורה כאן, אבל בסך הכל היחס הוא חיובי. כלומר, מה שישראל עושה כן נתפס כמגננה. כן נתפס שמה שחמאס... המסר הוא... מצליח לחלחל? המסר בהחלט מחלחל. זה גם מאוד מעניין, השמות שאנחנו בוחרים, השמות בעברית, הם שמות שמשדרים עוצמה. השם באנגלית של המבצע... נשמע אה, עוד יותר הוא... חזק בדרך כלל, לא? לא, הוא משדר דווקא הגנה. אה, באמת? כן, כלומר, המסר הוא בעצם ה-protective edge, המסר הוא מסר של הגנה. המסר הזה עובר. מה שמעניין זה שגם יש לנו כבר שגרירים היום, כמו השגרירה של קנדה או השגריר האוסטרלי, שבעצמם שולחים בטוויטר, למשל, דיווחים על הרקטות שמגיעות, על הילדים שלהם שנשארו בבית. כלומר, גם הם במובן מסוים משתתפים בלספר את הסיפור של התקפות על אזרחים, אותנו. בסך הכל כרגע כן, גם ההשטגים הם Israel under attack, Gaza rockets, כלומר בסך הכל יש כמובן ניסיון גם להשטג של Gaza under attack, אבל המצב הוא, הייתי אומרת, בין מאוזן לחיובי לטובתנו, וככלל בדיווח סוג של אדישות חיובית שמקבלת את זכותה של מדינת ישראל להגנה עצמית בשלב הזה. מייקל אורן, אתה עצמך מתגייס לטובת הרעיונות, ולפני שאני אשוחח איתך, בוא נראה קטע מתוך רעיון שנתת אתמול ל-CNN. בוא נקווה שיש לנו את הדבר הזה מוכן. אוקיי, עוד מעט. אז בוא תספר לנו באמת על החוויות שלך כשאתה נמצא באולפן, ואז מגיע אותו מקביל שלי או של חבריי פה, עמיתיי כאן בתקשורת האמריקאית, ואתה מתחיל לשאול לך שאלות בעייתיות על האגרסיביות הישראלית. מה אתה אומר? נכון, נכון. הייתי רוצה להצטרף לאופטימיות של עינת וולף. אני אכן כהן כפרשן ענייני מזרח תיכון של ה-CNN, ועוקף אחרי התקשורת. הבינלאומית, ואני יוצא מ, עם, עם, עם מסקנה פחות אופטימית. הרי בעמוד השער של הניו יורק טיימס היום, שתי כותרות מאוד ביקורתיות כלפינו, הדגש על ההרג כביכול שאנחנו גורמים בקרב האוכלוסייה האזרחית הפלסטינית. האיחוד האירופי כבר יצא בגינוי די חריף כלפינו. אבו מאזן הכריז לפני שעה קלה על כוונתו להצטרף לבית המשפט. הבינלאומי לפלילים ולהאשים אותנו שם בפשעי מלחמה. זה, זה מצב שהולך ומתגבש, אנחנו מכירים את זה מהעבר. חסר לנו רק את מה שאני קורא התזמונת של כפר קאנה. מי שזוכר את כן. תקרית קרטנה עוד ב-96, והתקרית שחזרה על עצמה במלחמת לבנון שנייה, הפגיעה, הטעות של חיל אוויר בבניין, והרג די המוני של אזרחים, וזה יכול לשנות את כל התמונה לתמונה מאוד שלילית, מאוד ביקורתית, דבר שיכול להשפיע לרע. על מרחב התמרון של צה"ל ושל המדינה מול האיום החמאסי. אני רוצה אבל רגע לנסות להבין, מהן סוג השאלות שאתה נשאל שם? עד כמה הן קשות? עד כמה הן מלמדות על הבנה של הצד השני לגבי מה שקורה כאן? היו לי כמה רעיונות, אני לא יודע לאיזה רעיון את מתייחס. שלשום, כשנפלו כבר 200 טילים על ישראל, ברשת לא הוזכר אף נפילה אחת. דנו כמעט באופן בלעדי. בהתעללות של השוטרים הישראלים בנער הפלסטיני האמריקאי, אבו שחיין, 
והראו את... מאזינים לתוכנית, הרואה את הנולד, עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. I was just the one who sent that text because I, I just called in just in case you didn't get it. 
Um, I, so what do you recommend me to do with the children when I drop them off? Well, I think that sometimes, um, you know, the one, uh, the most thing that lack in mm-hmm. this generation is the atmosphere of warmth and love. And I know that maybe you can jump and say, what are you talking about? I'm loving my child. Maybe this is the reason they don't want to lift me. But I would like to add one more point that we have to be aware of that. Um, Sometimes um, we're protecting our children, and they developing a kind of behavior that they always feeling they depended us. And um, it's, it's very, very important um, three times a day, and I'm talking about the morning, mm-hmm. when they're going to school, and when they, when they come back, and where they're getting sleep. I said already in one of the previous uh, um, lectures that it's yeah. most critical the time how they're getting to bed. And I would like to ask you, the bedtime in your home, how it's going on? Your children getting sleep from a feeling of, you know, screaming or, um, you know, arguments um, till they um, yeah. get into the bed? Or you say yes, that this is a fact? Yes, they do give me a hard time. Um, uh, yeah, everything is well done. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And how is the morning? In your house, I mean, I well, know it's, it's uh, there is you know it's a rush hour in the morning, but yeah. how no, they uh, how they, they going up. out of the house? So they go out actually very nicely. I talk to them like as they can, and yeah, they 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 get excited about once they get into the camp, they break down and they have a tantrum. About in the morning, they're good. They eat their breakfast. We're there, we talk. Um, just when we get inside the school, the camp, that's it. Like, they lose everything I talk to that. They forget, you know? So, uh, and I don't know what to do. My, my daughter is on the floor crying, crying, crying. The teachers can't handle them. The, the, the Menahela told me, come pick her up because she's disrupting the whole class. So, how have I picked her up? I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not easy. Uh, did you ever heard about the concept of separation anxiety? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son is already, they already told me that he has that. So he has a special lady mm. that comes to him every morning to help him with that. Mm. I want to tell you where it came from. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they all know how to define a child. He has a separation anxiety. Okay, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Where it came from. Um, we have to know that the children, until the age of uh, 8 years old or maybe 10 years old, mm-hmm. they are feeling like an integral part of the house, which called yeah. family. And family is precisely the parents. It means they feel just like a part of a group that the group called parents. Now, when they have to leave the house, and maybe um, they will not express it it when they're going to school, 
but because this is a camp, this is a different, a different place, unfamiliar place, they yeah. had a separation anxiety. It's because that in our days, children naturally no, don't feeling they are beloved. I mean, because of the pressure of the life, because the rush of the life, and we have, you know, we're getting busy, and we have to yeah. get parnasa habaita, and we have to, sometimes it's, it, there are some uh, health issues, uh, some shlombite issues, I don't know what. Mm-hmm. But naturally, if we don't focus, um, to, yeah. put, to put a focus on, to show them and to express them feelings or war of warmth and love, automatically yeah. our children feel rejected, that we don't like them. And, you know, it's understatement. I mean, sometimes it's more radical. Sometimes they just feel the parents hate them. And I'm talking no. about normal parents, normal families. There is no any special issues by the mm-hmm. parents' perspective. But the child sometimes developing the total opposite perspective. Now, when they have to leave the house, mm-hmm. they're actually feeling a threat yeah. on their existence, not less than that. They don't know how to define it in words. But because it's your children naturally feels just like um, a part of a group who calls parents, mm-hmm. when you have to separate from them or they have to separate from you, they're feeling that um, very dominant uh, um, part of this life is taking from them. And that's yeah. actually developing the separation anxiety. So we have to remember how we should send them off in morning. And I shall tell you, it all starts in the evening, in the bedtime. In the bedtime, I know there's a lot of, you know, a pillow fight, and Mm -hmm. there's a hard time. But we have to make sure, after all those wars that we want them to get in sleep, when the house is silent and they mm-hmm. finally getting sleep, now this is the time for five minutes to make a pleasant uh, atmosphere. I mean, to tell them a little story, maybe pet them, maybe sing a song or, or two songs with them. We have to find four or five minutes at least. We must do that of a nicely uh, atmosphere before okay. they getting sleep. Now, because the way how your child is getting sleep, it's actually getting bigger and bigger during the night. I mean, if your child yeah. go to sleep um, from a feeling of mm. that you hate him, or maybe you affected him, you ruined him, now, even when he's sleeping, this experience is getting wider and wider in his subconscious. And when he's waking up in the morning, he doesn't aware of that, but we know that he has a heavy feeling on his heart that he doesn't know even how to define it. And after that, uh, uh, the, the, the stage of separation is coming up, mm-hmm. 
it, yeah. it gives him a separation anxiety. He has to know that before you drive them, you drop them off, and right. before um, they going outside the house or outside your car, you have to take also few minutes to tell them, "Mommy loves you," and right. mommy is, is waiting for for you in the home, and I'm gonna cook for you, and I want you to know that even. When you are here, you yeah. have to know that you are still in my heart. I mean, um, to make them do not feel the heart separation. That even uh, the body separation is separate, but actually yeah. we're still together. You are in my heart. I'm taking you in my heart back home. Mm -hmm. I understand because it's very, okay. very threatening. When they have to separate, it's threatening yeah. their soul because of the last night and because uh -oh. of this morning and then okay. when they okay. when they will be sure about the fact that even their body is not near their parents but the soul is still connected your place is still in the house and I'm waiting for you and I'm thinking about of you and I recommending you if you see it's so radical maybe yeah. if you can I don't know uh, in the middle of the day, drive yeah. back to the camp and give them a okay. candy. Tell them, you know, I was walking there, I was was around, and I just thought about you. I was missing to you. I buy you something. You can see miracles. Believe me, you can see miracles. The point is to express yeah. them. The fact that even if we're not together, but in yeah. our souls we together, you always have place in my heart. Uh-huh. Do you think that's a little trick, Yanni? Like, that's going to help you? It's not a trick. It's not a trick. You have to know that it has to be start at night yeah. because don't make a half of work. And then you uh, can see it's not a trick. It's not, uh, you know, uh, a technical something that yeah. you have to do. And actually, this is the real life. Your child has to feel and, and, and it has to be part of you. I mean, you have to make to yourself a, a wash brain. I mean, yeah. I love my child. Please, you can write their name on a note and read it a few times a day. Because you have, they have to be uh, an integral part of your personal life. If you want to raise health children, it's not a trick. It's not just represent in front of them that you're thinking about them. It has to be real. When it's real, you can see that you will be feel better. I know there are parents wondering, what do you say until I, I, can, I, I, I be able to not see them for a few hours a day? You want me to, remind them, to remember them? Yes, you have to remember that when you will live with the fact that your children is integral part, part of your personal life, you mm -hmm. feel better, and your children will feel better. But I do know that. <laughs> I okay. So I you just told me, you just told me about the night, the bedtime. Start with the bedtime. You can okay. see a huge influence of the morning. And okay. in the morning, and in the morning when you... Um, uh, get him off the car, 
please yeah. dedicate a few minutes before that, speak with them from your bottom of your heart. I mean, okay. from bottom of the heart, tell them, I like you, I love you, and I think about you for all the even days. While, and even make while a, you can make a phone call during the day. You can give them something. I mean, express them that right. even when you're separated, but you are still together. Okay. So even, okay. But also in the nighttime, they just come to my bed in the middle of the night, and I don't even take them back. And you look, look how they always want to be close to me. You know what I mean? Like it starts about in the night. I don't know. I sit with them for an hour. Okay, this, is, this is another issue. Why they can, and 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 also, I would like to ask you one question. How is the yeah. discipline in your house? That's that's the thing. I'm not so tough on. I'm not so strong. Uh, that's the thing. About and then whenever I am strong, it doesn't even help. They already. I mean, they don't listen to me. They already know I'm soft. I'm weak. You know. Because it's very but, common. When you see um, um, discipline issues, has always something to do with anxieties. So I believe maybe this is a metaphor, um, a private, a private uh, conversation between us. I will give my mm -hmm. phone numbers. You can call me after this radio show, and maybe yeah. I should ask you uh, more questions so we can yeah, get you know more clear picture. I'm trying to help you, but right now. Um, Start with that. Start with the bedtime. You can see mm -hmm. change, and I'm inviting you to call us uh, next week and tell us if you see a change. Okay, fine. Thank you, everybody. Um, okay, I should call you afterwards. Okay. But thank you very much for thank coming you. up. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, now the listeners... Um, we have a few text messages. A phone number you can keep send us your text. A phone number for text is three four seven nine two seven eighty three ninety eight. Three four seven nine two seven eighty three ninety eight. Uh one more text. Hi. What's the best way to handle a sixteen years old who has a hard time waking up? due to the unbalanced schedule. Uh, should we keep waking him up every half hour or let him sleep? He could sleep till one or two or five or six. He almost got kicked out of school. Has a good kid, not into bad things. Doesn't have any friends outside school. He just got a job and almost lost it. So we've been waking him up, but I feel like I can't win no matter what. If I wake him up, I feel like I'm babying him, but at least he won't get kicked out of the school or work camp. If we don't, has for sure going to get kicked out or fired. Um, as it is, he failed all three region back. He didn't get up, study, or what he has supposed to do. What's your opinion? Well, before I give you the answer, 
you have to remember that Chazal told us and teached us that there is a concept which called Gil Chinuch, age for education. I mean, 16 years old is almost over the Gil Chinuch, over the age that you can educate him. Now, you have any issues um, for waking up in the morning. You're not alone in this field. There's a lot of people, a lot of parents dealing with this issue. And they ask, what is the best way to handle it? Because on one hand, if you let him sleep, he's going to lose his work, he's going to get out of the school. But on the other hand, when you always take the responsibility to waking up, to waking him up, he's getting nervous, and he's become to be like an enemy. So how we can go with these both um, options? Well, the key word for this problem is responsibility. I mean, the nature of responsibility that it can be exist only on one person. I mean, the Gemara says in Aramit, Kedera If you have a pot of uh, two partners, this pot actually not warm enough and not cold enough. It's always between the lines. So you know which kind of cook you can do like that. And why? Because there are partners, each one of us says to himself, okay, my partner is going to take care of it. And the other one says, my partner is going to take care of it. So this pot never warms and never cold. Because responsibility can be exist only on one person. Now, actually, your problem is the responsibility. Because it's very, very bothering you when you see him sleep in the morning, he's going to kick it out of the, his school, he's going to be fired from his job, and you actually want to take his responsibility on your shoulders. And then you try to wake him up. During the time, it gives you a frustration. And then you say, okay, we're going to skip. It's not by my business. And sometimes you can find yourself saying very loud in home, this is not my responsibility. I don't care about you. You can stay asleep. <laughs> in the other hand, under your uh, sentence, under your words, you actually say, you actually say, I have responsibility. It's just me the fact that you are not awake on time. So he's 16 years old. I warmly recommending you, please leave him alone. Leave him alone, not just pretending that it's not bothering you. 
it has to be real. Make you whispering into yourself that you don't have to take the responsibility of your child. Let him to learn, let him to experience the real experience of the life. That if someone is waking up late in the morning, he's lose his job. And maybe he's lose his place. And if he doesn't go to learn some something, you can tell him, look, you have duties in this house. We give you food. We give you, we give you clean bed. We give you clothes. We give you a place to stay. There are rules in this house. And there is an hour that you have to wake up in this house. And if you don't wake up in the morning on time, so we also will not do our duties. I mean, maybe I wouldn't uh, uh, laundering your uh, your clothes. Maybe I will not cook something for supper. I don't want to hear any demands from you because you don't follow the rules of the house. So don't ask me to make you some favors. But I have to emphasize, this is a very, very um, general advice. And um, and uh, we have to remember <clears throat> that I cannot give you the, you know, the specific answer to the specific questioner because I don't know you personally and you don't know me personally. Sometimes when you're speaking hard with your 16 years old, it's getting worse than um, uh, results. So we have to test it. But in general learning, we have to know that the responsibility has to be on his shoulders. Don't take his responsibility on your shoulders. That's first. And second, if it's so bothering you and you cannot see him anyway uh, still sleeping after 8 a.m., so you can set the rules. This is the rules, and there are, set, and there are uh, consequences. I mean, if you don't follow the rules and you don't keep the rules of this home, okay, so we also do like that. Let him to learn the real experience of the life by himself. Don't try to make his job instead of him. I hope it's, uh, it's enough for you. Um, our phone number for text messages, dear listeners, 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. Or you can call in 718-683-5858. Uh, um, and uh, right now, uh, we're going um, to a small musical break. Not before we um, rem uh, remind you, dear listeners, if you want to elaborate your questions or if you want to send us um, requests or questions all over the week, uh, you can do it. Um, you can use our email box. 
this is a private email box. You can be uh, you can be sure about it. Uh, my email box is abrahameducation at gmail.com. I repeat, abrahameducation at gmail.com. Now we're going to a small musical break, and we'll be right back with you. Bevakasha.
לתוכנית הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. Methods, but 
to implement it in the reality test, it's failed out. Because the only solution of it is Bittachon Bashem. Trust in Gash, not just write it on the dollar bill. To live it, to experience it, that's the point. And I warmly recommend you learn from Rabbi Dessler, Mikhtav Meliau, Volume A. Looking for the chapter dealing with Emuna Ubitachon, how to trust Hashem, and learn that actually every single effect we see in the world is just because of Hashem willing, not because of us. In circumstances, not charging in our life. Only Hashem is charged. And when we try, and when we start to live that way, we really see that we have a lot of powers to manage our lives. Suddenly we can see that we have the powers to dealing and to handle our anxieties. Because each one of us, even the someone who is in a top. Each one of us has a little bit from anxieties, from another issues. From each issue, we have a little bit of it because we are humankind. We are, this, is, this is our human nature. Each one of us has a little bit. The old problem beginning when it's unbalanced. When it's not balanced, now the issue is coming up. If we learn it and we try to experience it, not looking for CBT or other methods, maybe it can be, you know, assistance for you. But the main way is, the main way is, to learn and to implement it by yourself, and then when something has happened, or or just a merely uh, uh, anxiety that you experience, now you can see you have powers, and it's automatically impact on your child, on your children. Then you can raise a stable people. And it also has something to do with discipline. Because discipline actually demonstrates in front of the child that you are in good hands. You cannot do whatever you want. There are rules you have to follow. And your parents stay calm and stay consistent. And when they say something, they really mean it, and you have to do that. All over his first years, when he's growing up in such kind of world, world of demands, world of orders, world that he got used to the fact when mommy says something, I have to do that if I want and even if I don't. And when 
father says something, I have to follow his order. When he's growing up in this atmosphere, he actually internalizes a picture of life. That's how the life managing. And when he sees that, he's growing stable. He will be with mental stability. He will be cool. He will not getting into some anxiety issues. He will not have separation anxiety. You know why? Because he disciplined. Because his parents demonstrate in front of him all the time, you are in good hands. You cannot do whatever you want. There are rules. So even if it's uncomfortable for the short term, but in the long term, it's a great gain for him. I gave an example once. If you see your three years old riding on a toy car in a home, and suddenly, in the first time of his life, he's stuck in a wall. He starts crying. This is an automatically respond for something that doesn't go as I want. So he starts crying and yelling. Next time it happens, it's also crying. But on the third time it happens, he knows that the wall will not move away. I have to make a U-turn, and he makes a U-turn, and he keeps smiling, and he's not affected. Everything is just fine. But if suddenly there is missiles attack, and he is scared, the first plane he's going to hiding in is just near this strong wall. Even if it was uncomfortable for him, that wall actually was a barrier for him when he was on a toy car. But in the long term, when he needed defense, he is looking for that strong wall. The parents are the wall. If the wall are strong and your decisions are decisions and you have to follow your orders, don't be afraid, maybe you are not nice parents. Don't be concerned about it. You better be strong. You better be in firmness, not aggression, I have to emphasize. Then, when your child, when the, the, the anxiety wants to sneak into his heart, there is no place to have very strong walls to parents. Then when he's growing up and he will be adult, he'll also be with mental stability. He will raise relaxed. That's what our society really desires for, to be relaxed. I'm going to your text messages. Is the reason for separation anxiety the same for adults and children like you explained? Well, I just answered this question right now. 
if you realized it was into my um, in my words, actually, um, the childhood has an impact um, to the adulthood, but it's not um, always like that. Sometimes um, there is uh, another um, another factor of it. It's not um, always because of the childhood. But I have to emphasize that in most of cases, it has something to do with the child. Well, one more text message. Let me to remind you our phone number for your text. A phone number for texting is 347-927-8398. And Bezvat Hashem, in the end of this radio show, I'll give you my private phone number so you can be in touch. Um, thank you for a great program. Thank you, too. Um, your advice in wise and helpful. My son is 10 years old and an only boy in the family now. Whenever he plays a game with his sisters or friend, he always has to win. He cannot handle to lose the game. How can I help him? And dear listener, I would like to ask you, who says you have to help him? <laughs> Surprisingly, I support the total opposite. I mean, ignore that. It's not has to be your responsibility if he knows how to get his losing or if he always has to win. This is not your business. If you let him to experience the life as early age as you can, let him do that. I mean, let's say for the first time he's playing with his sister, and then he actually loses, but he cannot live with it. So he says, no, it wasn't like that. I was the winner. Let him flow. Then his sister's response will be, next time, I don't want to play with you. You don't know how to lose. Then he will experience the real life. That if you don't know how to behave, if you cannot face your losing, you're losing more. You lose your friends. You lose your Sister, let him to learn the life. And as much as he is young, it's much better. We're always looking for managed his life. This is not the real way. Let him to grow up. Because anyway, some point in his life, he will have to be out there. He will have to be taking the responsibility on his own. He will have to face the life. Finally, in the end of the development process, he will be out there. He will be adult. Let him to purchase the life skills as much as he is in, 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 the, earlier, in the earlier years of his life. Why are we always looking for Set everything around him. This is 
another way, I warmly recommending you, leave him alone. Let him to learn the facts of the life. That's the reason why I always saying, don't be involved in your children's fights. Don't be involved in your children's arguments. You don't have to be the judge. They always ask me, how can I know who is, the, who is right and who is wrong, who says the truth and who is lying? And I say, who did put you in a position of judgment? You don't have to be there. Do you have a sign, a court in your forehead? You're not a court. Let him, let them learn, let them to experience the life. Because anyway, they will face it. So it's better they face it, they face it when they are young, when it's still flexible. Don't wait. They will be adult, and then coming up all issues. I hope it's clear, despite my um, um, terrible English. I know it, and I'm working it. And believe me, it's especially for your dear listeners. Well, I think um, we have a few minutes for the end of this radio show, so I'll let you know. If you want to purchase CDs of mine, you can call to J-Rich Radio, and they should send you my CDs, or you can visit there in Clinton Avenue, and you can take. Um, the phone number of the J Rich Radio is 718-683-5858. I repeat, 718-683-5858. Also, if you want to talk with me private, uh, you can reach me every night between 10 p.m. up to 12 midnight Israel time, of course. And right after this radio show, every Wednesday, you can um, still call me. My personal phone number, this is an American number, but I'm in Israel, so don't forget about it. Uh, my personal phone number is 917-80-9444. I repeat, 917 Seven um, eight zero nine four nine four four. Also, if you want me to lecture in your communities, or if you want to make something like Chapaton and you want to invite me, I'm available for this summer. Uh, so you can do that at the same numbers: seven one uh, nine one seven uh, eight zero nine four nine four four. The listeners, before we finish this video show, I would like to thank Aaron Jacob for supporting us um, by technical issues. And actually, he brings my voice to your ears, and we will appreciate him for that. And also, I want to give a thank to Nisim Lazari, the manager of this radio station, uh, for the respected uh, stage that he gives us every week in this um, important radio show. And you, dear listeners, I really appreciate your listening and really appreciate your um, questions. I think that it's very, very 
uh, enrich us, and thank you for that. And we hope for Psorota vote from Ed Israel, and I hope next week we shall announce that um, the missiles attacked attacks is behind us. Keep listening to J-Ridge Radio, and thank you for being with us. Bye-bye.